0: I'd like to take his face... Oh. Should call himself ass kick instead. Have you
1: ever been dragged to the sidewalk and beat to you... PAST FLY! Am I getting through to you? Oh.
0: Hello and welcome to We Bought a Nick, We Bought a Mike, a pop culture cage cast. Drinking, drinking to death. I'm Ernest. I got a tall glass of vodka over here.
2: And you know what, guys? I'm a prickly pear my name's hunter
1: I already, I already have that written down as my favorite line hunter oh you already we already got to it uh my name's colin uh i'm actually uh on my 13th beer i've already downed an entire 12 pack but hey sometimes sometimes you just can't change people it's a baker's dozen of beers uh thank you so much for having me on this uh episode of we bought a mic guys i'm excited
0: Welcome back to the show, Colin Goody. We just had you on for Wild at Heart. A um, little bit of a, of a twofer this week. A little bit of a double uh, cage fest here on We Bought a Mike with Mr. Colin Goody. Welcome back. Talking. Leaving Las Vegas. The one that won Cage the old Oscar mm-hmm. Academy Award for Best Actor. Um, what is it? 1995. Yep.
2: 95. Um, it's interesting. You brought it up on the last podcast. Cause it seems like, whoa, we're skipping five years and Nick Cage's filmography going from 90 and 95. Uh, but there isn't really anything that happened of major note in this four year gap in between the yeah, two films. It's the opposite of a run. It, it really, it's a rut. He's in a rut. <laughs> you
1: guys are whack. It could happen to you. Come on, and Honeymoon in Vegas? I've actually seen It Could Happen to You. It's, uh, oh, yeah? Is it yeah, good? It's like Nick Cage. He, like, wins the lottery, and he gives a bunch of money to, like, a waitress. Hmm. That's all I remember about it. No, it's called It Could Happen to You. I hate that title. <laughs> Awful. <laughs> a
2: best. lot of these titles on here are really bad. Like, Red Rock West? What is that? That sounds like a shitty motel.
1: Like, what What even is that? Could that movie possibly be about Red Rock West?
0: Um, so so think- Wild at Heart was 1990 and then this is five years after that. And in those five years, there's really nothing of no unless you want to count Guarding tests, which is like a shitty uh, driving Miss Daisy type ripoff. I was wondering. So just I have never seen this movie before,
2: but just looking at the poster, this looks like this is capitalizing on the driving Miss Daisy uh effect of happening that shirley mclean and nicholas cage and chloe mclean just like looking behind her like mm.
1: Hunter, i know <laughs> you love those types of movies from the 80s and 90s
2: yeah you know how much i love you know how much i love when white people speak about the problem with racism mm. Mm. First, that's why green book is the best film of the 21st century
1: is Drew in Las Vegas? Is that why he couldn't attend? Is he? Yeah, I mean, he more like to leaving
0: this podcast. Am I right?
1: <laughs> I'm still horribly disappointed that Drew is not here.
0: Yeah, oh, it's, we miss you, bud. We miss okay. you, Drew. It's okay, Drew. Please oh. don't be drinking yourself to death in Las Vegas right now. We hope you're well. Um, Drew uh, would appreciate my little. Um, letterbox list that I'm cooking up right now called um, alcohol. (laughs) So after I watched this movie, I was like, I wonder how many movies are directly about alcohol because we just had a great alcohol movie last year with Another Round directed by Thomas Vinterberg, who scored an Academy Award nomination for best director um and i was putting this little list together and obviously leaving las vegas goes on there and then i decided to watch a little movie called the way back oh man i still haven't had a chance to see that yet the drunk ben affleck basketball coach movie from last year that got buried by the pandemic, hitting yeah, as it, soon as
2: it came. It out. got fucked as about as hard as anything could, where it literally was
0: released the week that movie theater shut down. Yeah. Yeah. And and nobody really cared that and, for uh bloodshot. Vin, the Vin Diesel vehicle. <laughs> yeah. This movie is lovely the way back. Um, just I I love the hell out of it. And uh, I thought Ben Affleck was really fucking good in it. So I put that in the list too. Okay. Now hear me out here. These are some other choices. Okay. Uh, the master. Mm-hmm. He makes some type Definitely. of alcoholic concoction. Rubbing at- alcohol is alcohol.
1: This is actually a really interesting list. Alcohol <laughs> movies. Yeah. Uh,
0: the lighthouse
1: yeah, definitely. Yeah. Alcohol is a major uh, plot point. They're drinking.
0: Yeah, it is against some type of so it has to be alcohol. a major blood po- a major uh, plot point of the film. Exactly, okay. and and it can't be drugs. Like um, what's it called? The Johnny Depp movie, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Yeah, no, doesn't be- count.
1: What about Superbad? Would that be an alcohol movie or is that too innocent? It's not about alcohol abuse or anything. It's, like that. It's not really not alcohol.
2: Good, that's a good pick. Um, I, I th- consider it more of like a coming of age, like a high school movie, which a lot of those just have an alcohol. They have a party scene because right. like a party scene movie is different from an alcohol movie. Uh, you should, I know that you have not seen this movie, but I have a sick, disgusting problem where I watched too many the Oscar Lost movies. Weekend. Yeah. The Lost Weekend. Lost Weekend is an iconic alcohol movie like the lost weekend was an inspiration for this film nick cage like studied um ray millen's
0: character in the lost weekend winner of the academy award for best picture in 1945 Mm -hmm. wow um yeah billy wilder film um
2: i will just say uh before we get into the movie reading about the research that nick cage did for this role is like pretty wild like he did go full method he started binge drinking excessively and he would film himself while he was drunk to like
0: capture his own drunk mannerisms incredible to make it like more real to life real quick i'll round out the rest of the list and then we can move on uh a star is born yes he peed peed in yep. his pants um you're ugly <laughs> the- you're so the- fucking ugly <laughs> the world's end the Edgar Wright movie. Oh, that's a good one. The, yeah. All the bar hopping in it. Yeah, yep. Uh, young Adult, the Jason Reitman movie. Oh, yeah. With, um, Charlize Theron. Uh, Beerfest. Oh, that's a good beer one. Beerfest is a I gotta, I gotta, That, I that is. That it's you. just all alcohol. Uh, Sideways. I love uh, that movie. Uh, Paul we Giamatti.
1: Talked, we talked about Alexander Payne briefly on Wild at Heart. I'm low-key a big Payne fan. Hated downsizing, uh, but really admire. Uh, a lot
0: of his movies yeah i gotta revisit sideways and then everybody's favorite 2020 film mank mank is a big alcohol movie yeah yeah uh i also put flight down i haven't seen flight but he's like drunk and Flight doing cocaine i think Um, and he flies the plane he flies the plane upside down
2: yeah um not quite as good of a plane movie as Sully, but you know, still, still
1: pretty
0: famously good. a non-alcohol. Movie, <laughs> <Yeah>. Sully
1: flight <laughs> might be more of a plane movie than alcohol. <laughs> yeah. it, so, it crosses the two paths.
0: So let me know what other movies I can put on here. Uh, so far, I got uh, I got about uh twelve movies on my little list. Um, uh, the I'll, list
2: is just called alcohol. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't like there's nothing. It's just called out al- It's just alcohol.
1: That's perfect. Uh, just keep it alcohol.
0: Yeah. And it has to be movies that, like, again, have alcohol as an actual, like, central part of the story. Right. Cause that's what we're talking here in Leaving Las Vegas. Like, the entire movie focuses around alcohol. There's
2: also well, there's another big I don't want to get too sidetracked, but there's also a big like niche of alcohol and gambling movies. A lot of times those go really well together, like or oh, here's one. uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. Wolf of Wall Street is alcohol plus uh, every drug in the world, though. That's a Quaalude movie. It's a Quaalude movie. (laughs) That's another list. (laughs) It's just called Quaalude and it just has just Wolf of Wall Street
0: on it.
1: Uh, so, you know how people like uh get high and watch like psychedelic movies are there movies that are better when you're drunk dude you gotta be- now
0: it's a party
2: <laughs> leaving yeah, las vegas a is a sad day. hang if you're drunk
1: <laughs> oh i think you have to watch that movie uh, if you're if, when you're drunk it's the best way right
0: i i felt guilty <laughs> i was like i had like a beer and i was like should I, like, not open this? I almost grabbed a beer while watching it. I was like, I cannot, for optics'
2: sake, be drinking a beer while watching a movie about, like, a man with crippling alcohol addiction.
1: I, I will openly admit, when I re-watched it, it was late at night, and I was, in fact, having a beer. There you and, go. And I did feel extremely guilty, and I was like, <laughs> the movie is basically about me. Oh, my God. <laughs>
2: it's a warning, Colin. It's, it's your future. I'm, sick. I'm a Literally sick person. Me. That's going to be you at 31, Colin. (laughs) Nick Cage is 31 in this movie. This is the roughest that he has ever looked in a film. Part of it purposefully uh, because he is, like, they do accentuate, give him, like, some makeup to make his eyes look so swollen and puffy and his face so pale. He looks like an addict.
1: Straight up. His hair is pretty bad. It's pretty thin at, like, the top around here, I think. He's starting to thin out a little bit.
0: He, uh... Yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll, His... we'll get into Cage. Let's uh let's do a little bit of table setting here so it's written and directed by Mike Figgis, who also did the music, which I yeah. thought was interesting.
1: Yeah, he like composed a bunch of jazz for it. Wild. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the score is fucking awesome for I, this movie too. I will say I kind of like was annoyed by it a little bit. I was like, dude, come on. Like do you really need to have music and every scene of this movie like it was a little bit relentless but i guess that kind of like plays into the the whole relentlessness of the movie you know how it kind of has to put you in that mood of addiction
1: could be like Um, a jazz thing like 90s jazz is it really even that like great to begin with it might be a little overbearing
2: I know, but I think that again, I think that that works for the film that it is like overbearing, like it is like
0: too much. So, nineteen ninety five, like we said, uh, budget of four million, made just under fifty million at the box office. It was a pretty big hit, box office
1: wise. Made a big profit.
2: I think that it got re-released after because it was an October release, a late October release. And I think that it got a re-release right around Oscar time because that point like Nick Cage, he hadn't become like household name Nick Cage yet. But he was like really starting to get notoriety and people were like he was a heavy favorite to win best actor, not only because he's he is excellent in this movie, but this is. The classic type of performance that the academy loves to reward oh, is yeah working People, for it it's over the top uh you if you read it like go back and read stuff he nick was campaigning he was he was going for this award he wanted to be taken seriously as a competitive actor and the acting the sh- uh best actor race this year isn't great um, it's like Anthony Hopkins for Nixon, uh, Richard Dreyfus for Mr. Holland's Opus, Sean Penn for Dead Man Walking, uh, Massimo Trocy uh, for Il uh, Postino, which is a film that I've always wanted to see Il uh, Postino, The Postman. Um, but it's, it's a lot of really well known actors,
0: but in some of their lesser work. Of well, their Hopkins career. had already won for mm-hmm. Silence just a couple years earlier. Silence of prior. the Lambs. He is great in Nixon. I, I watched that movie recently. It is a great performance, but, you know, the Academy doesn't really love to double dip like that. Um, close proximity. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, this was, they were like, oh yeah, it's the that one guy from uh, Moonstruck. Remember Moonstruck, everybody? <laughs> and uh, they're like, yeah, we remember Moonstruck. It wasn't as big of a hit as Moonstruck, but it was kind of like a bit of a bounce back i guess it could happen to you was also a hit um yeah he was getting a lot of work i think people
1: were starting to become
0: really familiar
1: with him at the time just from the sheer amount of movies he had been in so far
0: right so he wins the oscar and this starts the run like after this it's the rock con air face off City of Angels, Snake Eyes, Eight Millimeter, Bringing Out the Dead, Gone in Sixty Seconds, Family Man. On like a five-year span, he just like, like spits out like a these movies.
1: Actor, really? Like um, his name is selling movies. Cage. Nick
0: unbelievable. Cage. Yeah, Cage. Wow. Not <laughs> Coppola. <laughs> Don't you dare I call mean, him that. I would love to
1: call him that. I remember uh, to get a little bit off-topic. Uh, there was like a eighth-grade New York field trip at the middle school we attended to. And I think there was a girl who bumped into Nicolas Cage and got like a photo with him. Wow, and, like, that was, iconic. Like, buzz. Yeah, that was like buzz around the middle school.
0: I can't Not, really remember be. that from our middle school. As it should be. I mean, it, he is he is Nick Cage. So let's so let's get into the movie. So this movie, I'm I'm kind of torn on it because it's a great performance. It's a it's he, it's not one of those, it's not like Rami Malik in Bohemian Rhapsody, where they like give it to him for no reason just because <laughs> it's oh Freddie Mercury. I know him. He's cool. Biopic, check. Um, it's not that. Like he is good in this movie. It's it's devastating. Um to me, I feel like I can feel that he wants the Oscar in the performance. And it kind of turns me off a little bit, even though it is a great performance. Uh, it's just it's just me. Um, but when you compare this performance to everything else that we've seen for him, it, it is kind of like an interesting subversion because the big cage moments in this movie aren't like silly, funny, laugh out loud. They're like deeply sad. Mm hmm. Yeah, like what dating stuff. Yeah, exactly. But there was something about this movie that like, didn't really fully click with me that much. Um, I just, I, I don't know. I, I wasn't really, it wasn't really vibing with me. Like I, there are parts of it that I love. Like, I think Elizabeth Shue is amazing We'll talk about her. I think her performance is just as good, if not maybe better than Cage, to be honest, because I think she's really, really, really good. Um, But I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I can I can appreciate the movie and I think there is a lot of good things. But just sitting down to watch it the whole time, I just it was it didn't it never like grabbed me. And I just kind of sat there waiting for it to end uh, without ever really like getting fully into it. So I was I was a little bit a little bit disappointed by it. Um, but I think he I think he deserves the the Oscar for what it is. I think it's it is one of those very big and showy. Give me the Oscar performances, but he's doing good work. He's doing good work. It's it's a good one. What What about you, Colin?
1: OK, so, Ernest, when I first watched this movie, I think it was it was sometime in high school. This was an old school Netflix DVD in the mailbox after school movie. Got the DVD, put it in. I watched it. It ended. And I was like, well, I just didn't like that. <laughs> I was simply just like I, I didn't enjoy that. I, I didn't enjoy that at all. I was like, man, didn't didn't care for it. Wasn't wasn't for me. But then like, I don't know, it's just like later down, the like the years, that movie just kind of stuck with me and like leaving Las Vegas. Just like, yeah, I, I remember that movie, Nicolas Cage drinking. And then like a part of me was just kind of like, I don't think that was actually a bad movie. Like it, it was this change with it. And then eventually I rewatched it and I was like, I and I was kind of like, yeah, this movie isn't bad. Like I actually really liked it. So when I yeah, when I first watched it, I didn't care for it at all. And then upon another rewatch, I really uh, admire this movie and love it a lot. I don't think it's perfect or anything. Um, I think a lot of its faults really come down to just, like, 90s filmmaking. Like, if it was made today, it wouldn't have, like, the uh, hazy editing or anything Mm -hmm. like that. So I think the the way the movie is presented and its pacing kind of just comes down to the time when it was made um but yeah i i really admire this movie um i, I don't know that's all i have to really about uh, have to say with it but i think the movie kind of sticks with you so mm-hmm. um, if you ever decide to re-watch it it might click with you a little bit more because i i understand uh uh didn't, not really enjoying it at all on my first
0: watch and you yeah know, may, really maybe admired. it's not a movie that is meant to be like enjoyed yeah in in the way that most movies are right because it is just such like a it's a
2: tough hang yeah this whole movie is a tough story um i uh i i agree with what you were saying colin about this movie just kind of sticking with you um i remember you uh told me about this movie whenever we were in high school together so i checked it out very early on and i really did love it right away I say love I hesitated there because love almost feels like a strange term to use for a film that is this dark and depraved um, yeah
1: it's a little weird uh when I say like this is potentially like a top 100 movie for me but it is like a movie you watch like maybe once every like five years yeah exactly
2: more I so I saw this movie in high school and I really admired it a lot then but I had not revisited it not any detriment to its quality but just because like it's not like a fun like hey let's uh get the gang together and throw this on on like a casual Friday night like that's not what this movie is it is meant for you to just kind of feel bad while watching it and I really really admire this film so much it stuck with me a crazy amount like upon re-watching it despite not seeing it in I don't know, close to 10 years at this point. Like I, I remembered almost like beat for beat, all the things that happened in this movie. Like it's still kind of, it really resonated with me. And I think especially not like I have a problem with alcohol or anything, but you know, now that I'm like more of an adult and I drink more regularly, just certain like things about this movie, like they hit a little bit different than whenever you see this movie as a kid.
1: If anyone who's ever like indulged in alcohol and got like really, really drunk can kind of or felt like shit the next day. Yeah. <laughs> this is like a hangover movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Ernest, I was going to ask you any questions about leaving Las Vegas. Um, does this, do you think a lot of people would only watch this movie under the caveat of being like, it's the movie that Nick Cage won the Oscar for?
0: yeah mostly, I think I mean, that's how I watched it because we're doing yes, this series mm-hmm. and And it's like we got to talk about the one that got him his his oscar. Mm-hmm. i I don't think Mike Figgis is going to be he's done nothing drawing to- uh,
1: a lot of movies to his credit. Nothing too notable, but he he's a working filmmaker. i'll I'll give him that. He got his best director nomination, and he's made a a pretty lengthy filmography.
0: I, I do see this movie getting a lot of praise though. Like um, Roger Ebert had it in his top 10 of the decade for yeah, the that's, 90s. That's some
1: high praise the whole entire decade. Wow.
0: Yeah. So it's not like, it's not like people only know this movie as like, Oh yeah. It's the one that cage got the Oscar for. Like there is uh, some level of acclaim Uh, For the film itself. And I think, I think it's, it's, it's worthy, you know, it's not just the performance. I think it does paint an extremely um, just brutal, honest portrayal of alcoholism in a way that like people don't really (laughs) kind of want to see maybe like yeah. there is some there is some like artistic value to that to putting something on on screen in a medium that like is usually just meant to entertain and to show a story in a way that is like not really entertaining at all i mean there are some things in this movie that are kind of entertaining but like for the most part it's just like really depressing and really sad and to go from seeing this guy cage being in movies that like are pretty fucking entertaining for the most part to going to this role that just like leaves you with, with nothing but just like sadness is Mm -hmm. there is a lot to admire there. Like the artistic choice of that, I think is, is worth, um, you know, admiring for sure.
2: Just, I mean, because talking about cage too, I mean, Sure, he is, like, playing up the performance to make it a bit more theatrical. But, like, he is, like, if you have ever met anyone or know anybody who is, like, actual severe alcoholism, like, a true de- true alcoholic to the point where, like, they are dependent on alcohol, like, or they get the shakes. Like, that is what he's playing. And it makes every scene where he's not drunk, just so sad. And then it makes the scenes where he is drunk even more sad. Cause yeah. you're like, Oh, he has to like chug a bottle of vodka to be normal. Yeah. Like that's, that's the level
0: that we're out with alcoholism. Yeah. And I, I think that the, the entertaining. uh, factor to me on a subjective level is pretty important to like, how the movie sits in my brain because the Ben Affleck movie, the way back that I found that movie to be really entertaining, especially because like, it's not just about him being an alcoholic. Like it's also about him coaching this basketball team, right? So you have this entire other kind of subplot dynamic to bounce the, the alcoholism subplot off of in this movie, you don't, you don't have that at all. I mean, of of course you have the romance with Elizabeth Shue, but every, everything that happens there is directly tied to him just like needing to be drunk all the time.
1: It's a a provocative movie. Like, so it's about like suicide basically. And I think that's kind of like a major hook in the types of dramas that I like, like one sentence, just like I'm in, that sounds like, thought-provoking that's a drama that i want to watch it's the exact same thing with the sound of metal when i found Mm -hmm. out about the sound of metal i was like this movie has so much potential just based on like what it's about and that Mm -hmm. movie was phenomenal incredible uh, movie yeah and um leaving las vegas it does it kind of does that same thing for me where it's just like it's like i want to watch that i want to watch a. (laughs) sadly i want to watch a movie about a man Drinking himself to death. I'm glad. I'm glad
2: I didn't rewatch this movie in like the early days of the pandemic because that would have been an even tougher hang. Whenever I was just like, "Well, I don't know what to do with myself. The world's ending. I'm just gonna drink a 12 pack every night." If I would have thrown this on, then I think it it might have sent me into more of a negative headspace.
0: If you were doing a a best actor Oscar watch, oh yeah,
2: no, this would have been a tough hang.
0: Hey, um, did you guys look into the author? Who wrote the novel? Okay, I wanted to talk about this. Yes, thank you for reminding me. So the guy is named Ben uh, Sanderson. Um, oh wait, no, that's the character's name. The real guy is John O'Brien. Mm-hmm. So he wrote this book about his own life. Like John O'Brien is is the real Ben Sanderson, and after he found out that his book was going to be turned into a movie, he committed suicide. Holy fuck. Yeah. I didn't know that. Like, Oh my God. Shocking shit.
1: When I found that out, I was like, I hate that so much. Did he sign over the rights or was it like taken from him? Just the idea of just like, Oh no, my like extremely personal book is being made into a Hollywood movie. Like that just like, that rubs me like, the wrong way it just sucks it's like goddamn i think i mean that's i'm assuming a, it a, was
2: probably it was probably one of those things because a lot of times when you are a author you can either have the ability to get like a partial check up front but then retain rights or you can sign away your rights and get like a bigger check and it was probably a thing where he just just like nobody's going to read this book anyways i'll just take the bigger check
0: and then just sign it away and then found out it was being made into a movie But that's that's a good question. I I didn't even think about that, about like what level because my immediate thought process was maybe he wanted the movie to happen, but he didn't want to live to see it. But now I'm thinking really interesting perspective. But now based on what you just said, now I'm thinking he never intended the book to be made into a movie. And then when he found out that it was going to happen, then he decided to end it.
1: I think that's a little too cynical, just being like, oh, no, it's being made into a movie. My life is ruined. But if that's the case, it's just kind of like it's it's controversial, really. And the author's father described the novel as like his suicide note. So definitely just this very personal place it was coming from. And it
0: has that energy.
1: Yeah, I think it's reflected in the movie. I haven't read the novel, but I think the movie like it's not like over Hollywood glamour, you know, it's like pretty low budget like movie that I it's think it's also passionately wanted to make. It's
2: also like it's very it looks different from so many other films of this time period. I was looking at it's because uh, one of the main reasons is because it was shot on super 16 millimeter yeah. instead of 35 millimeter, yeah. which like every major hollywood production had pretty much moved to 35 millimeter at that point but it does have i do agree something that you were saying about kind of the hazy editing that happens in this film i'm not the biggest fan of but lots, lots I of do, like fades to black and cuts i to do black. love the actual look of this movie like it looks the way that uh the film and like the way that shot like kind of accentuating the bright neon lights and how that is also juxtaposed to this character who's just so pale and sickly is just it's it looks great.
1: the the hazy editing I know it's like you're not supposed to do that in films anymore slow down footage that wasn't shot in slow motion. me personally, I think if it's to like double down on like something like like tone, atmospheric and not like a pivotal action point. I personally kind of really dig it, but I think it is overused. A little bit too much in this movie. But I do appreciate the the style a lot.
0: Yeah, it can be done right. Mm-hmm. Um real quick going back to the original author. I was just thinking like, you know, Hunter, you took this Oscar plunge. The cynical side of me says that part of the reason why Cage won. The Oscar is because of the Oscar narrative of the suicide.
2: But to that point, also, uh, it worked against Mike Figgis because he was he was nominated, but he did not win for adapting a dead man's Mm -hmm. book. There you go. So it's like, you got one. I mean, looking through cage, like swept everything. Like he won the globe. He won the uh, spirit award. Um, Actually, no, he did not win the independent spirit award. But Elizabeth, Shue won the the independent spirit award, which is kind of odd that that happened. I love
0: her performance in this movie oh she is she's She's so good
2: incredible. she like really is i mean it kind of as much as nick cage is doing we start the film with nick cage and we kind of end with her like it kind of becomes her story for a lot of the film back half
0: for sure yeah i mean i i think it's just such a devastating story of this prostitute um and it's not the kind of prostitute that hollywood likes to show usually you know like there there's a very specific like type of prostitute character that we see in movies uh that is just like the archetype i don't think that's that who this sarah character is at all like it is very very different from like the hollywood prostitute archetype you know obviously like serious. she has she has sex for money <laughs> but that's like the extent of like what we uh can kind of uh tie in to to her character in terms of like what we're bringing to the movie uh based on other movies right there's a lot of nuance going on to to what she to how she portrays the role and like the things that happened to her in the story
2: it's also like it's not painted in a way that and going to the hollywood portrayal of a prostitute she is not portrayed as like A like sinful person for being a prostitute, which is really good. I mean, she's a worker and she doesn't regret the work that she's doing for the most part. Like she's still just out there. She's like, I'm here. I'm working. I'm making money. I'm doing this job because this is like I know that I'm good at this. And like this is a way for me to provide for myself, which is it's very admirable. It's not painted in this way the more hollywood approach would be for her to have a point like where she breaks down she's like i can't do this anymore i'm gonna leave this world behind or something but we don't get anything like that
1: or that she's like drug addled or something like yes yeah hiv or something uh one thing i want to bring up i didn't realize this uh me me i have never been to nevada or las vegas but prostitution is illegal in the state of nevada yeah Wow. um yeah, I didn't realize that while re-watching the movie, and then I found out uh, the following week, and I I just had no clue. I was like, "Oh, damn!" It's it's, I'm it's still, a job.
2: I am. I mean, I am still kind of sad that uh, I've only been to Vegas one time, and it was in March of last year, and everything was closed, and wow. I could not gamble. Ghost town. Or do About anything
1: March fun? March of 2020. What a yeah. What a prime time to go. Yeah. <laughs> it was really
2: like the lights were turned off on the strip and everything. Oh, it was it was wow. sad. Like it was it was a really sad time to be in Vegas. Damn. Yeah.
0: Impressing not not great. So, so let's let's jump into the plot here. So this this movie. Um, in case uh, you listen to our Wild at Heart episode, I mentioned that Wild at Heart is a movie you have to hunt for. This one you don't. It's on uh, every streaming service that has a rent option. You can rent it for three bucks or four bucks or whatever. You can so, buy
2: that Blu-ray. It's like seven dollars
0: on Amazon. There you go. I, I got I the blue. So we're gonna dive into the the specifics of the plot here. So, uh, my first note is we get a sixteen minute intro sequence it's
2: funny I have a page of notes before we hit to the even the title card like 16 like
0: we thought the 11 minutes of raising Arizona was a choice nah dude 16 minutes to get into it
1: I, I have so much to say about this intro it is wild I think it's incredible everything leading up to where the title is and then that's when we're introduced to Elizabeth Shue's character I believe I think it's excellent. It's I so good. It I mean terrific.
2: the very first shot of the film is do you see like Nick Cage like dancing through the liquor store and then Great. like at first you just see Lovely. him like just put one bottle into a cart and then the pans down to the cart and you see he has like 40 bottles of liquor already in his cart and everything. Um he like wanders over to the double date with like his coworker or something and like asks him for money. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh oh, um, that he's just rough to watch. Like yeah, he's just like a, he's just like a bum at that point. He's like a total lost cause, and no one just wants anything to do with him. Kind of much like a Elizabeth Shue's character. They're two characters that the world just wants nothing to do with anymore.
2: Yeah, they're two like broken lonely people. Um then I <laughs> scene is like some good like sad dark humor to it but whenever he's in the bar and he's hitting on the woman uh terry and starts like he's just like yeah let me buy you a drink and she's like very uncomfortable right away and he just starts singing to her like you turn me on brump. <laughs> just that it's like i almost played for last but like it's really like creepy like he's just being this like very sad, pathetic, creepy man. Um, he's chugging the bottle of vodka as the police officer drives up next to him.
1: That's a that's a great scene. It's played for it's kind of played for levity. It's still like kind of fucked up. Like that's a fucked up thing to do. Yeah. So it's interesting that it kind of plays on both of those. It's like, oh, the cop doesn't know it's funny. Teehee, but it's like it's not funny, it's like really it's a horrible thing to do. Just like chugging liquor while driving.
2: Yeah. I mean, and this is all like, you can tell this is just probably like this whole like intro thing is just like one day in his life. Right. And it's just like, yeah, he's like buys alcohol. He runs out of alcohol and out of money. So he has to bum money. And then he goes and buys more alcohol with it. Immediately afterwards, he uh, goes to the fucking strip club where he just chugs a bottle of whiskey. That is such a good shot it's Mm -hmm. incredible that's when the score is so loud in that scene and it's just like those loud jazz
1: horns the drum kicks in and everything gets silent and it's like what do you think's happening do you think he's on like the verge of like death from drinking because that's what i got from it when he said i got that he was blacking out okay well yeah that too but like like that to me in the movies where it's like hey this is like seriously like bad like his drinking is this bad or it's just i don't know i think it's really really effective
0: yeah it's it's a good choice to do it early on in the movie like that because i feel like um i don't know like there's i feel like there's a lot of movies that show partying and drinking in this like glitzy glamorous way and right away here you're you're getting into the the darkness of it you know without any mystery about it whatsoever it's like look at how fast this guy is chugging this um what is it whiskey looks like yeah yeah the the speed which i will
2: say even if that's just tea he chugs a lot of tea very fast it's that's still impressive impressive. yeah it's impressive even if that's not liquor um and then after that um the I'm assuming prostitute who steals his wedding ring Oof. off of him. Yeah. And he has the line that it's just, it's really heartbreaking. He's like, I can't remember if I started drinking because my wife left me or my wife, or if my wife left me because I started drinking. Damn.
1: Is it said that
2: early on in the movie? Yeah, it's right. It's before the title card. This is all before the title card.
1: Okay. I thought he said that to like Elizabeth shoes character. But,
2: it's, uh,
1: that, that's a great line
2: is that um and then like he tries to go into the fucking bank to cash a check and like he shaking his eyes are so like wide and he's shaking like he's just fully in relapse that the only thing that he can say whenever he gets up there is that i just had brain surgery cuz like he can't oh tell God. anyone that he's
0: like that much of a fucking alcoholic and then when he's back in the bank after he's drunk yo with the tape recorder that that is what I'm talking about when I say that the cage moments in this movie are so sad. They play out so sadly because it's like, this is a, this is a cage moment of him wilding out talking about how he's going to do all these like deeply weird sexual things to this bank teller. Um, it's very uncomfortable because he's saying it yeah. so loud,
1: and there's just people standing ar- around him waiting in line.
0: It's um, a great shot of the yeah. people just like in the background of the shot, just like staring at this man. It that's uh, the payoff, too. Later yes. in
1: the movie. it does so. It has a payoff. It's, I guess, it's not just there to show him being a drunk asshole.
0: <laughs> well, well, I mean, it's not just about him being a drunk asshole, it's it's You are getting the the, it's that subversion that I that I mentioned. It's like I feel like you're going into I don't know if this was the case when the movie first came out, but at least for us in the year 2021, you're going into this movie with an understanding of what Nicolas Cage does in a movie like we know what he can bring and the way he brings it in this movie. It plays in a completely different way than it plays in other movies. Like that scene is a perfect example of him going kind of, kind of full cage and it's not played for laughs or humor or any type of like, you know, wild, crazy, zany shit. It is just so sad to see this man be at this level of addiction Mm -hmm. to be functioning like this, just broken, broken person
2: and i mean eventually he just stops functioning he gets fired from his job like let him go um which one thing i love about that scene um is because you know he's fucking he's too drunk to function and like you see his desk with just a pile up of like papers he's talking into a phone upside down he's clearly is not talking to anyone um and then he starts to like walk away and he hears the score and starts like singing along to the to the score that's playing in the background and dancing with the secretary right before he gets fired.
1: What does he say when his boss is like we got to let you go? Like he's I mean, like it's this he, like rare moment of like honesty from him where he's like about to like cry cuz he realizes like okay it's like reality setting in like they're yeah. firing me now.
2: Yeah. I mean, cause it, he, well, he gets a severance check and he's just like, this is too generous. And then just goes home, burns all of his fucking clothes.
1: <laughs> hey, like but that's fuck. when he says he thinks about he's going to Las Vegas. And then right there, cueing uh the title leaving Las Vegas. Boom. Great.
0: Yeah. That, that scene with the boss, I think, I think it is played well because he, he accepts it with no surprise. Like there's, there's no level of shock. To getting these news it's it's just another step on his journey
2: yeah i mean imagine if somebody just tells you something when you are really drunk you aren't able to emotionally process it the right. same way as if you are sober it's You're- the same thing for him even if it's him losing his job
0: <laughs> but but it's not just the being drunk it's also just like he must know that this was coming mm-hmm. like he's self-aware enough despite his addiction yeah yeah like this wasn't in 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 an Inevi- inevitable moment, given his actions, you know, like it was just a matter of time before this went mm-hmm. down. Um, and I feel like, you know, this is a, it's a perfect tee off into the meat of the movie because you get the severance check, you get him saying that it's going to be that it's a big check and right away, you know, like what's going to happen, like he's going to use all of it to buy alcohol and he's going to go to Las Vegas. And the fact that the movie is called Leaving Las Vegas and we get the title as he's going to Las Vegas mm-hmm. already lets you know everything, because it's like it, it, the movie's not called Going to Las Vegas. It's not yeah. Leaving Las Vegas because. He's, gonna <laughs> yeah. He's
1: going to Vegas, Vegas, die. It's like, a, it's like a, it's like a phrase about like uh killing yourself. Yeah. Like I'm checking out and leaving Las Vegas. Perfect title for the movie. It, it rolls off the tongue nicely leaving Las Vegas. Yeah, it does. Got to admire, got to admire a nice title.
0: So then he runs into uh, our girl, Sarah on the strip. S E R A. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And it's it's a bit of a meet cute here. Um and I think that you know we've been talking about like cage and uh, as a romantic partner and as a leading man and romantic lead and all of this uh stuff. And it's it's an interesting pairing here because they they have a level of chemistry that is so odd you know they they click at a level from the jump that isn't fully like romantic really Mm -hmm. it's more of like a platonic like we're both very alone and
2: broken in this world and you can and you can tell
0: yeah you can tell the bond is real but you can also tell that these are not people who are like they're not gonna be uh, uh you know Fucking like um, like Cajun Dern and wild at heart. That's not what we're going to see here.
1: Way different of uh, libido in this cage. Cause he, yeah.
2: he's like impotent, right? Like, yeah. He, well, is. he, he wants to, like, there's that scene whenever, um, so after they meet, he like is looking for her again and he finds her and like, just like, can I give you $500 and stuff like that? And she's just like, okay, yeah, whatever. He he's just like, uh, for $500 you can do basically whatever you want with me. And like, he reacts like a fucking kid in a candy store at first. He's like, hoo, 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 hoo. yeah, <laughs> he's true. so excited. And then like she tries to give him a Blowjob, and he's just like, oh, let's just have another drink. Uh, let's just talk and stuff like that. And then she's just like, All right, yeah, I'll just go. And he's just like, No, I'll just I'll pay you more money. Please just stay
0: here for the night. It's yeah. it's a good moment, you know. It's 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 sad like everything else in this movie. It's just deeply sad, but it's this moment of like kind of quiet um peace that these two characters have, where he knows that he has somebody there that he can talk to and just be with. And she knows that he's not going to like, you know, uh, take advantage of her uh, physically um, or, you know, disrespect her, her job as a sex worker in any twisted sick way. Um, It's just this, this kind of moment of stasis, this moment of like, Kind of leveling off that we get here, Um I think it's great. And he and- has he has someone to you know care about him for a moment
1: because before he leaves, he burns a picture of his wife and child. Like yeah, that like like he did that and there's no going back. Like he's a he's basically a monster <laughs> at this point. Like he's a monster. Like burning the picture of your kid. I mean the wife. Like yeah, I can you know maybe he's like oh, i got bad blood i'm gonna bring these pictures of uh my wife but his kid
2: his own kid well i mean Damn. we'll talk we'll talk about it later on in the movie but i for the most part the film does a great job of not it doesn't go too in depth of that like you get enough you know what happened in his past but there isn't he doesn't give a whole speech about like he's doing this because like he's alone now and his wife left him and he can't see his child. Aim. We don't get that kind of a movie speech. It is very much just kind of we know that that's there, that there's some darkness there. We don't know what exactly happened in that relationship. But now we just have to watch him in the present as he tries to kill himself. And he gives himself four weeks to live. He says, I'm ai have this much money. I think that that will buy me four weeks
0: and I will be dead yeah. by the end of those four weeks. The, the movie's not about the relationship with his family. Like that's already in the past by the time the movie starts. Like they're not even characters in the movie. They're, they're just plot points. Like this is a movie about a man who is already on the path. You know, it's not about how he got to the path and whether or not he's going to get off the path. Like it is, yeah. it is a sure thing.
1: Yeah. He, he does not want to get off the path. He tells uh, Sarah, he's like the one thing that I will not oblige to is to not drink. Like you can't make me like, yeah, not yeah drink. Can like, me not drink. Like, you can never tell me that. Like I'm a monster. Problems. Like I'm killing myself. And it's, I don't know. It makes you think about like, you know, it's like, Oh, okay. Like, sure. Go ahead. Drink yourself to death. Like, should he like be saved? Like, does he have any redeeming qualities to him other than, um, you know, treating Sarah with kindness and forming a nice relationship? But outside, like, you know, he's he's kind of lost everything.
0: Yeah, I do. I do think that this movie could have done a little bit more in terms of like giving us um a little bit of insight into like who this guy is outside of being an alcoholic a little bit because when I think about addiction and I think about like how you tell a story of addiction I think first of all not all addicts are the same and not all addicts are uh addicts because of the same reasons but I do think that for the most part a lot of addicts share this like kind of hyper intelligence like hyper awareness to some extent and the the crushing that that can be like so crushing you know understanding too much knowing too much about how horrible the world is um it leads you down that path of of addiction and obviously like addiction can also be hereditary and genetic and all these things too but i do think that we could have gotten a little bit of insight into the character as to like what could have informed you know what
1: what we get here i agree but that might go against the novel it's based on the novel might not have had those aspects into it right so i think that might be a reason why
2: i also also it didn't bother me just because like i think that we aren't seeing somebody who's like grappling with the early or even the mid stages of addiction at this point, this is like, he doesn't have anything outside of being an alcoholic. Cause now just being an alcoholic defines who he is. Like he cannot exist. If he is not drunk, he likes just being drunk and the idea of flirting with women, despite the fact that he can't actually get it up to do
0: anything with these women. Yeah, and, and the scenes of the withdrawal symptoms also add so much to that because that's when we start to see like, oh, this is he's been like this for so long. Like to get to that level of withdrawal where you're just shaking and heaving like that, that must be like years upon years upon years of abuse. Um and he, you know those were some of the most intense scenes for me to see him having those withdrawal symptoms i was like god damn this i've i have not seen alcoholism portrayed like this before this is intense and i'm sure people thought it was too much but if if that's how it is in real life like that's what it would be like for somebody at that level of addiction to feel those withdrawal symptoms um So then their relationship really starts to kind of take off. They're really together for a while.
2: Right in between this early time of them kicking it off, we have the scene of uh, um, Sarah and Yuri, her uh, pimp, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, Like his guy, I mean, he abuses her and everything else, but also it's just like giving her some kind of protection, uh, which plays back in towards the end of the movie um i don't really like yuri has his own storyline that the film doesn't really touch on he gets murdered at some point like fairly early on in the movie um and he's like starts like fucking losing his shit like whenever they're in that hotel scene he's like with his ear up against the wall like can you hear that they're talking about me and stuff like that like this guy is like actually like having a full-on breakdown
1: I wasn't in touch with reality. I wasn't big on the Yuri character. Like I get, you're not supposed to like him, but I don't know. Just something about the actor and the performance just kind of. Yeah.
0: You know, I'm kind mean, of forgettable. He, he's
2: just yeah. there to like show, like she was abused by this person, but she did like have somebody as some form of higher protection. Like that's the purpose of it. One thing I wanted to say, I actually, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I really liked like the therapist talking head scenes with Sarah I thought that was actually like a pretty good expository tech mechanic that actually worked pretty well in this movie I thought it was fine I was you, like, never, oh. you never
1: see the therapist
2: yeah I thought of the ways to do the therapist scene of like because the thing is she can't she's saying things that she wants to say to um, to Nick Cage but like she can't because he's like not coherent enough to
0: actually obtain this information. Um. Then we get one of the darkest, most just intense, horrific moments in the whole movie, where Sarah, um, is essentially uh, gang raped.
2: Oh, oh! You're skipping skipping ahead a bit. That's like the, going towards the end of the film. a so, there's a couple more scenes in there. There's one specific that is um, not quite as upsetting as that, uh, but it's whenever um, they go into the casino together, she's just oh, like, yeah, hey, that let's just outburst. go out for a gambling. Um, and it starts out as this really touching scene. He ends up and he kisses her and like he knocks in some chips or something like that and while she's down there she just like whispers i love you like she can't actually like fully get it out because she's never felt this way about a person before and then the outburst at the blackjack table is really heartbreaking i don't know whatever like what he says whenever he's there like it's fully that's like something that I have known some people in my life who are alcoholics who like kind of lose track of where they are. uh, Like while being that level of drunk where he just says like, no, fuck, you can't judge me. I'm his father. Hmm. Like it's him like reliving his child being taken away wow. from him while he's just stuck in a Vegas casino. He like can't escape that part of his past.
1: I felt like that was the Oscar moment when he flipped the table. I was like, <laughs> That's the Oscar reel there. That, that, that's like a that's a that's a good moment. That's a powerful part. Is this before or after they uh they're in like the motel
0: together? Um I think we get a couple of moments of them in the hotel throughout.
1: Okay, because I'm thinking of the one where they're at the pool and they break the table. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, that's that's later on in that's the later on. that um, is a great okay. scene, yeah. Right before the table breaks. They're, like, uh, making out on the chair. She takes her her bathing suit off. And it's this, like, super tender moment. It's, like, beautiful. The light is just, like, Mm -hmm. blasting into the camera. And it's just, it's almost like everything else, all of the darkness, like, totally melts away for just that moment. And it was, like, this, it's, like, this magical movie moment. Um, that i found really really good and then it's back to him being sick and yeah addicted. before that um
2: before that even happens um that we get that scene that like kind of escape that they have um well actually right before the casino scene is another scene that i really like uh where sarah buys him the gifts buys him the shirt and the flask and he like has just like a single tear like right yeah. now like I see it like the it shirt. looks like I'm with the right girl. Like it just because he knows like he told her, like, just don't tell me to ever stop drinking. Like I am trying to kill myself while I'm here. The,
0: the shirt that then he gets blood on. I was yeah. like, oh um, no. You lean into the bar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he gets his ass whooped by that girl's uh um husband question
2: mark boyfriend yeah boyfriend kind of character i'm not just
0: gonna let you sit he, uh let my girl <laughs> lick your face while i'm standing right
1: here yeah <laughs> was, it, was that cage's fault or ben's fault he was just sitting there
2: yeah he wasn't doing shit <laughs> yeah. um And, like, then, uh, yeah, he gets his ass kicked by that. There's that scene with them when they're in, like, the mall, and he, like, I I didn't write down the actual line, but, like, when he, like, says something, he buys her the earrings, and he's just like, yeah, just like put this earring in think about while well, your face is being pushed in by some dude t- when you're working today or something like that. It's like, Oh, I'm actually thinking this guy's not okay with her being a prostitute. Like, despite him saying that he's okay with that. I mean, that's, it's like the drunk, no filter thing, almost just like coming out there. Like I want you all to myself, right. despite the fact that
0: I cannot support you can't fully. even get it up. Yeah, support you physically or emotionally fully. It, that's that's kind of around the same part uh point in the movie where she says like, "I would like you to see a doctor." Yeah. Like, it's it's kind of like intertwined. Like him, that you know, they they have this understanding earlier on in the movie, and then like towards the end, it starts to come out like, okay, he's kind of not okay with the whole prostitute thing, and she's actually like not okay with the whole alcohol yeah. thing. It's
2: because it's a thing where it's like we're broken we want to just be with each other because we are both broken but when you're two broken people with each other you want to fix the other one and so it's it just runs into that whole mess and i think that that is then whenever we get to the hotel scene where he falls on the table and says i'm like a prickly pear i'm a prickly pear yeah
1: that's that's uh that's definitely a cage funny moment line um i have a question about uh the character of sarah you know why? Why should she be falling in love with Nicolas Cage? You know this drunk who's slowly dying. As a you know, the more and more she gets to know him, do you think it's like fulfilling some sort of psychological like, I want to fall in love with this guy only just so I can be like hurt in the end, or do you think it's more genuine? Like I it's, love.
0: Here, go ahead. Ernest. I I think that. She is exposed to men. Uh, Most of the interactions that she has as a prostitute are with a certain type of man who is probably not very uh, nice or emotionally intelligent or kind or compassionate or tender or anything like that. Like she probably has sex with men who are very like emotionally cold And 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 removed from any kind of like niceness to a woman, you know, that's that's just my kind of like very broad uh, overview of like what her her experience with men is probably like. So here comes this guy who gives her that tiny, tiny little bit of kindness and compassion Mm -hmm. and emotion
2: and somebody who views her not just as like an object to have sex with like there's a real
0: empathy to his character that she hasn't really had in her life and it means a lot you know it's it's not like he is this knight in shining armor or anything like that or or you know (laughs) like showering her with with love um but it's just this this alternative to what she's used to and she just really gravitates towards it. I uh I did want to bring up we gotta talk about how much sting there
2: is in this movie. There's so, so much sting. Is. I was like like <laughs> so much sting. I think there's like eight sting songs in this fucking movie.
1: I I don't know. I don't vividly remember Sting, but if I watched it. I'm sure it's overused.
2: I I watched I had the subtitles on wherever I was watching it. Um and like it just would say like Sting in the song in parentheses <laughs> and then like 7 minutes later Sting in a different song in parentheses. It's just like I why is there so much Sting? What is Figus's fascination with Sting?
1: It's definitely overusing like techniques and I think that's definitely a a flaw of the movie is just that overuse of the same kind of effective tricks over and over again
0: well sting is is doing some um some kind of standard songs like my one and only love and angel eyes they're not
1: okay i can remember them now i can vividly remember hearing those voices after you bring up the titles Ernest.
0: Yeah, they're not like original songs or he can't get a best original song uh cadmi yeah, nom or they're not like the police or anything like that it's it's these are it's, gestic- it's all solo sting stuff
2: yeah no. yeah um yeah i uh i just talking to cage and the writing of his character i like another scene wherever they get back uh from the hotel and like he's just so fucked up. He's shaking so violently. Like the thing is like where the movie starts and you see him like shaking his alcoholism, you're like, Oh, he's already at a 10, like on Mm -hmm. the scale, like it can't get any worse, but like it just gets more and more violent to the point where like he cannot hold himself still. Um, And uh, Sarah like offers him like some white rice and everything. And he just like ignores her and just walks right past her to the, fucking fridge grabs two bottles of vodka and then just like drinks them like chugs them while he's in the shower and then just comes out and then he's like okay now i can exist and now yeah. i'm ready to eat Ugh.
0: devastating um then i guess we can get into the horrible horrible gang rape yeah it's you don't you don't really see it coming until you do and then it's like very obvious what's about to happen because you these guys that she's talking to, they seem like dumbasses. They seem like just kind Fucking of harmless kids, idiots. Yeah. And then it all sorts of starts to reveal itself, and and you realize the horrific thing that's about to happen. And I'm glad they didn't actually show it. They mm-hmm. do. They do kind of show a little bit. Um, not as much as like I was fearful that we were going to get, but you still get that blow like you still it's it's still like it's gutting yeah it's tough tough. it's
2: you are it's not over excessive with it showing it it could have been it could have gone like full uh even something more recently like the nightingale or something where you just like sit there and you just have to like watch it happen and sit with it it does cut away but the build-up to it is so like Jo- like just breathtaking in the worst kind of way
1: i really like in that scene how she's like trying to be very professional about mm, right. it right and it makes it even harder to watch it's right. like um,
2: she's not screaming or anything like that she's just kind yeah. of
1: it's like it's like a it's like when you're a waiter and you have like a group of 15 people that are just like running amok and you're trying to like you know control the situation or like a teacher with like kindergarten students that yeah. scene um when i first watched it i think that's when i was like i don't like this movie i still think it goes too far but even though you're right it, it's not like explicit uh explicitly graphic it's just upsetting and i think mm-hmm. it does go a little too far and uh, they I like- go
0: back to it because they <laughs> cut away yeah. but then they it then you go back and it's like oh my god i like the techno music
1: that's blaring and like there's shots of like tv and like vhs footage i think that kind of heightens like the uh reality of the situation and um kind of like a nightmare quality kind of reminds me of climax a little bit it's very gasper uh, no during that scene mm, it's
2: <laughs> it's just like gasper no it is very upsetting like just some of the most upsetting shit that you can watch but i mean almost based on her reaction again this is kind of subtext now this is in the film but I mean, you can tell that this is bad, but like her reaction is almost it's either that this something like this has happened to her before or that she went into a state of like pure shock after like while it was happening. Like and you can't really tell one way or another. It kind of goes back to I mean to that. The Yuri thing doesn't really amount to much of anything, but at least having that person there, that was a sense of protection that she had. Right. Like they even she makes the comment earlier on the film, like, yeah, like he'll cut me, but of course, nothing on the face or anything like that. These are people, this fucking dude, miser, uh, fucking miser, man, this fucking guy who just like she's just like there, like, no, I don't do not doing butt stuff. And he just punches her in the face like it's just it's
0: brutal. It's so fucking brutal. Mm. horrible horrible yeah i mean this this is the kind of movie that is just it wants you to it wants you to like take as much as you can handle you know it. it's not it's- really trying to like have it be an easy thing. And the fucking the
2: cab driver afterwards makes it so much worse. The cab driver is just like, huh, I saw you walking a little bit funny in here. And just like, do you have money? I'm just trying to cover my own ass. Maybe you should think about that next mm. time after cool. you just witness her it's getting
1: raped. Horrible. It just keeps getting worse and worse for her life. And this is after her and uh, Ben like depart, right? Uh, yeah, not, yeah, yeah, yeah. With each other anymore. And that's when like all this bad yeah, stuff. Right fuck i don't even have like him to like turn to to even
0: be like that it just keeps getting worse for she her she tells him to leave after he brings another prostitute that's yeah
2: of- he's like so funny. You have that scene with him in the casino where he's just like where he brings the hugger the one that we see at the bar earlier uh while um sarah was working trying to get some guy doing the whole are you here for the convention line that was, thing? That was a good little um, scene. <laughs> Who do you think I am? <laughs> yeah, I did.
1: You're I like did really leg. like that scene. Um,
2: I got a wife back home. Yeah, That's a fucking a
1: overactor right there. Scene. I was yeah. hoping that would be brought up because that is such a well-written scene. The way they're sitting there at the bar and like she kind of tries to like uh, do her thing, do her job on him, and he's just like offended, which yeah. is interesting. It's like a, it's kind of a subversion of like someone approaching her through like a car or something. It's the opposite. It's like failing. And he's yeah. really, he's really offended by her.
0: Yeah. He's just trying to have a conversation with a nice lady yeah, and she's nice trying lady. to make money. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then we get to pretty much the end of the movie where both characters are kind of at the end of their, of their rope here. She's been evicted She's all bruised, and Ben is is done. He's done, and um, we get the most depressing sex scene of all time. Yeah, I I have never it's... seen a more just sad loveless well maybe not loveless, it's not loveless but, like, but it's i mean it's e- devoid of any like passion or sensuality i mean Tyrannic cage is cage is yeah
2: convulsing more than he's thrusting <laughs> like it's like it looks like he's like i mean he, he's dying
0: he's yeah. actually dying while they this finally is they finally have sex though like they hadn't had sex at all right mm-hmm. this is like their first and last time, well, and, last then, time. and then he dies <laughs>
1: In spite it's, of Chew, or no, no, it's afterwards. it's afterwards. It's after They
2: fall asleep. She falls asleep on top of
1: them, and, and it's
0: like, I, at this point in the movie, I was like, "Are you ki-? like?" I was just kind of like aghast. I was like, "Are you serious?" Like, he finally comes, and then he just dies. Like
1: he sort of comically lets out like a one last breath too. He's like,
0: oh. and yeah. then. <laughs> <laughs> And then they gave him an Oscar. Like, <laughs> <laughs>
2: and the Academy was like, bravo. Bravo, Nicholas Coppola. I mean,
0: Cage. I was like, I I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to say it's bad because it's not. It just like kind of like. It's missing. Something. It left it left a bad taste in no, your mouth. I don't think it's missing something. No, it just like. It just left me kind of perplexed. I was just like, like, okay he finally has sex with her and then he dies and then that's the end of the movie maybe it isn't supposed to leave you perplexed but i think it is supposed to leave you very cold yeah like you're supposed to feel cold and empty at the end of this movie i mean it's it's just kind of what i've been saying all along it's like it's just this kind of interesting subversion of of what we would expect from a movie like this kind of thing you know it's like the 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 sex with the prostitute uh thing, you know in 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 a typical Hollywood movie would be this crazy, sleazy, wild and crazy moment. And in this it's just like deeply sad deeply depressing okay,
2: tell you one of my favorite lines it's like almost like funny because of how like this character would never say something like this um but like whenever uh right before the sex scene happens and he's just like dying in fucking cold sweats he's just like um i'm sorry i put us asunder and it's like this man does not know what the word asunder means like there's no way that's
1: I think it is kind of a. It, there's still some good emotion, isn't he? Like saying like she's like an angel, or yeah, something? like delirious, like his body's basically shutting down, and like, you know, it, it is it is kind of nice in this kind of uh, depressing, morbid way that he was able to kind of have her be there with him. This uh, beautiful Elizabeth Shue.
0: That is a great point. That is a great, great point because I I do think that he definitely planned on drinking himself to death completely alone Mm -hmm. like meeting her was not part of his plan when he went to vegas Mm -hmm. and again i like i just keep mentioning like the way we see vegas in this movie is not like the typical way that we're used to it's like it just presents it in a completely different way and uh it's it's kind of it it just that sensibility ties itself to, um, you know, how he goes out. Like he, he didn't expect to go out the way that he did. He didn't expect to meet this girl and kind of fall in love and, and have this, you know, more beautiful kind of uh, in some way happy end to his life that I, I don't think was part of his plan at all. Mm -hmm. So
1: yeah, it's interesting to think about because, like, the ending, it's just kind of like, well, fuck. But if you think about it, it's actually kind of nice that she was able to kind of guide him into, like, death. She's mm-hmm. the angel of death, I guess, Sarah. And then the movie just kind of ends, doesn't it? There's, like, a yeah, I mean... monologue from uh, Sarah, her claiming that she truly loved him. Is there anything else before that? Um, Am I missing? That's
0: that's literally the end. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's just how, I
2: mean, it ends in a spot. She doesn't really get any kind of resolution. The movie ends on like a still picture of Nick Cage. That's how the film ends. Uh, (laughs) That then just fades away to black screen. And then more jazz.
0: And more jazz. (laughs) Cue more jazz. So let's hit the categories before we wrap up. Best cage moment. Um, oh, well, I have a couple cage quotes.
2: If you want to do this first, okay, one of them, uh, we, first. we, we skipped over, um but it's uh early on. It's at the dinner scene, wherever they're at their first dinner together there in cage says something like, Oh, it's either going to be our first or our last date. Um, And she asks, uh, why are you killing yourself? He says, interesting choice of words. I don't remember. All I know is that I want to. Um That's a
0: good one. I think mine is the one you, you read earlier the,
2: i can't remember if i started drinking because my wife left me or if my wife left me because i started drinking
0: yeah
1: very early on idea. in the film yeah. but too kind of tells you everything you need to know and just a few lines of dialogue mm-hmm.
2: here's i think that this is it's one of my favorite scenes if this isn't like my favorite full-on quote i don't have the full quote here but he's saying at the bar um after he says he's gonna go get breakfast for the two of them he had to stop at the bar. And it's the scene where he gets his ass kicked and he's just like, it's not Vino Veritas. It's in Vino Veritas. You lean into the bar.
0: What about everything that he says into that tape recorder at the bank? I
2: didn't, I tried to find (laughs) the full clip, but I didn't want to just play the whole thing. Uh, Yeah,
0: sure. (laughs) We can put that up for a nomination. (laughs) You kiss me and I could taste the sting in your mouth. It would help if you drank bourbon with me naked. If you smelled of bourbon as you fucked me, it would help if you increase my esteem for you. If you poured bourbon onto your naked body and said to me, drink this.
2: It's I mean, and everybody in the fucking bank is just like staring at him as he's doing it like it's so creepy um and hey and you know and then uh there's the scene wherever they are at that little desert uh resort together where uh elizabeth shoe does pour tequila on herself yeah, on I her titties so,
0: the, yeah that is kind of a lovely moment yeah a yeah. um,
1: um, prickly pear yeah it's i'm a prickly pear. pear he says it very happily too he's yeah, like
0: i'm
2: like a prickly pear i'm a prickly
1: pear <laughs> I'm a prickly pear. So what? What are you guys' um, picks?
2: One other, uh, it's whenever he's at the casino right before he uh, takes some uh, different prostitute. Uh, he goes, he's at the um, the roulette table and goes snake eyes.
0: <laughs> I love that scene. Do you guys have a pick for your favorite quote? Um,
1: I I'm sorry, I I didn't come quite prepared with a ton of notes, but um. Uh, the I don't remember if it was my drinking or my wife left me because I was drinking but that one, yeah, that one, that scene. Yeah, yeah. that was my yeah. that was my pick. That one in a prickly pear, the serious one in the funny cage one.
2: Yeah, I, I like that. Those are my two
0: favorite quotes. Uh, best cage moment. This movie doesn't have like a lot of cage moments. And the ones that are kind of cage moments, again, are kind of like subversively, just deeply sad. Um and then the ones that aren't maybe aren't really the best ones like the 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 bank scene that is like probably the most cage moment in the movie but i don't know if it's the best cage moment in the movie just because of the nature of the role um you think you
1: get more cage going like off the wall but it's just not that type of movie exactly and, and i think that's for the better i don't know if it would if he gone went too far overboard, just being like, I'm drunk. So I can just, you know, go crazy. That might've been too much for it. Um, Yeah.
0: I mean, I think that's why the movie works and ultimately like kind of why he got the Oscar because it's, it's him doing something kind of totally different and it, works like he nailed it. Yeah. You know?
2: It's I mean, because usually most cage moment is like a fun thing that cage does, but there isn't a lot of fun as characters. Like there's the I mean, a very Veritas scene, which is a fun moment. It's not a fun moment because it comes at like a really sad moment, especially for the Elizabeth shoe character. But whenever uh she comes home and sees him like with the other prostitute, but like he's not doing like he's just staying perfectly okay. still his like hand is like clenched up like this, like there's just something wrong with him, And she's trying to kick him out. He's just like, perhaps I could crash on the couch for a few hours, then leave. And she's like, no, get out, like get the fuck out. But I mean, that's not, it's not a fun cage moment. I,
0: I like the, I like the cop bit with the bottle where he's drinking and driving. And I like the You're a big proponent of drinking and driving. Yeah, and I like the, the strip club bit too when he chugs that whiskey bottle. I think I'll go with that. I like the chugging the whiskey bottle with the music kind of fading out or, or the sound fading out and the music fading in. So just I'll go with everything that. in the opening 16 minutes of this movie.
1: The sure. opening is incredible, I'm telling you. The way it mm-hmm. sets up to that title sequence is is uh, fantastic. Um, I have a moment, it's not really that, Cage heavy, but it doesn't involve his character. It's when uh Sarah gets the phone call and she realizes that it's him. And like, I don't even think he says anything. But that's a really, that's a really sweet moment. And like, it actually got me like kind of emotional because you can tell that she's so like relieved to know that he's still alive. Yeah, it doesn't have anything to do with Cage. He's not even on camera. Just a a sweet moment. Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: it's yeah. a great moment for the two of them that, yeah, you're right. Like he doesn't say a single thing on the line, but just the fact that she, Sarah knew immediately like that, that was Ben calling
0: her for help. Uh, good cage or bad cage. I think this is a good cage. I think this might be kind of bad cage. I
2: this is not bad cage like he is still he is sub, he's still like taking all of his overacting things that made him charming and like funny in these other films and subverting, and subverting yeah him. and no, I I it,
0: like it it's it, me personally I could just feel that he wanted the Oscar you know a little too much throughout the movie I I was like, like ah
1: It's so hard to separate that. It's kind of like with Midnight Cowboy. It's like, oh, everyone knows this won the best picture and it was rated X. And it's hard to kind of separate that with a movie sometime. And I feel like leaving Las Vegas, it's kind of impossible to separate like leaving Las Vegas or excuse me, leaving Las Vegas, the movie where Nick Cage won the Oscar. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like you just have that in your head. Yeah. So it'd be interesting if he didn't win that. Like, would anyone like how would people be talking about this movie today?
2: That's a great point. I mean, yeah, if he didn't win the Oscar, then people could point back. It could be like the Jerry Maguire thing where it's just like the, like this was the one that he should have gotten. This was as serious as he he will get. And he never did. I think this is definitely good cage. Like I, I have no reservations. This is good cage. Like he is. We'll talk about when we get to re-caging couch, but there aren't a lot of people who can play this level of drunk effectively.
0: That is a, a good point.
2: Me, yeah. Like th-
0: does, who there yeah. is not a long list at all who could do this role. He does make some some wild choices again with the heaving and the 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 movement and make, sometimes just the lack of movement. You know, he's kind of immobile a lot of times. <laughs> yeah. Um, How many cages out of 10? I mean, this is like a two, but that's kind of the point, right? You know, he's just, he's, he's at the end. He's running out of steam. He's running out of batteries and he's drinking himself to a zero,
2: but he is making cage <laughs> choices. It's just, it's a, just, it's a different type sense. of
0: cage choice. What
1: What I, is it I called? Lo- I love that analogy you had there, Ernest. That was actually really well done. Yeah. It is like a zero. Cause he dies. <laughs> he's, he's like being drained of his cageness. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if we're just talking performances, like, come on, this is like, this is, uh, this is like the peak of his like career, kind of. It's easily a top five best performance. Maybe not a top Nick Cage movie overall. I think there's a discussion be had there just because uh, there's probably Nick Cage movies that people love way more than leaving Las Vegas. Like, uh, I don't know, Ghost Rider?
2: National Treasure <laughs> 2, Book of Secrets,
1: um, G-Force. <laughs> If you Re-caged want crazy, cage, you're getting it. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I am going to i am going i do not know, maybe a six because it's more subdued. But you do get them like throwing um, uh, casino tables over. You get them doing some freakouts here and there. You get them doing like little dancing things. Have mm-hmm. you ever uh, been with someone who's who was really drunk? Uh, one time actually, I I was in a car with a drunk driver, and it was it was a terrible decision, but uh. The driver was being very carefree and like kind of like Nick Cage in this movie. Like that's not what you want. Yeah, doing like dumb little dances. And like when it came down to it, it wasn't funny. It was just like this sucks. So it captured that very well. But um yeah, you get you get Nick Cage doing some goopy stuff, prickly pear here and the prickly (laughs) there.
0: Uh caging recaging couch.
1: Um, I have a
2: couple um this is one i would just be fascinated to see this movie philip seymour hoffman oh he would knock it out of the fucking park dude r.i.p yeah.
1: could have definitely have handled that role.
2: i think philip seymour hoffman could nail this role because my first mind went to al pacino but i think al pacino plays this role too big one of the great things about this performance is that nick cage does dial it back yes I think this is the same year as Heat. Al Pacino is not dialing
0: anything back anymore. Like he is, he's full, Pacino. the the other thing that we got to keep in mind is like, even though cage is like 30, he looks like he's like 45. Right. So So, you you almost go even a little bit older. Yeah. So I was, I was looking and like, if you put like Ethan Hawke here, I was thinking about Ethan Hawke as well. It's like, you can't, you can't have dead poets era Ethan
2: Hawke. Right. Cause he's a baby. I mean, I think that he could like, I think he could do the performance, but I don't know if you can age him 15 years. Like you
1: can. This character it could be kind of ageless though. I don't think a super young person is the way to go. I think, I think I like the older choice more, but yeah, you could have like a, any act. Well, not any actor, but any age, really 40 year old, 50 year old, 60 year old. What about this one?
2: William H. Macy. I don't see Macy with
0: shoe. You yeah. got to have somebody who's going to be good with yeah. shoe. I think Philip Seymour Hoffman is my favorite of the That is a great options. choice, yeah. I was also looking at um uh, Dugary Scott, you know? You guys oh. are talking
1: about him on another podcast. He was like a what-if scenario, yeah. would have had a bigger career. <laughs> I have an upsetting pick, and I'm not trying to be like, edgy about it but what about like a 90s robin williams like he could have done something interesting.
2: yeah i think i i could definitely see that 100 percent because robin williams definitely has like i don't think that he would have taken this role at this point mm-hmm. in his career in 95 but like i think he definitely would have done a great job at kind of like take it would have been fascinating to see him do something like this where he takes his zaniness and he makes it really sad because i think yeah. probably this is a failed movie uh but probably the closest version to that that we got where it's kind of zaniness but in a sad way is jack a coppola yeah. movie yeah, um, good movie, but <laughs> a movie that i loved as a kid for some reason yeah, that was, that was my first Cop- that was my introduction to francis ford coppola it was jack mm, the coppola
1: same here hunter yeah, I as a kid, I w- I definitely saw that way before Godfather.
0: Um, I'm not seeing any other kind of big ones jump out at me because I uh, here's one uh, because he was an alcoholic, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, I mean, but <laughs> but even still, like, the I think one of the reasons why this role works with Cage is because Cage is just like he. He's a movie star, but he doesn't look right. like a movie right.
2: star. He's not attractive. You cannot right. get a conventional. You can't put Brad Pitt in this
0: part. Exactly. It's just it just doesn't work as well. You need someone who's going to look like shit.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't I don't want anyone else playing this role except Nicolas Cage. You know, it's 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 his movie. It's his role. He, it's his yeah. legacy. Uh, it's, the, what the awesome. if
2: we get what if we get the mule era Clint Eastwood
0: for this performance? Mm, now we're talking. <sighs> he
1: now died we're in like talking. a few hours from like <laughs> from not a ton of alcohol. <laughs>
0: right, I now. was I'm almost thinking like if any like comedians, kind of in the same vein as like a Robin Williams, could have made a sharp 180 into this role, like like Michael Richards Kramer from Seinfeld. Like, could he you know, do who a thinks, hard you know who thinks he could play this role as Jim Carrey? Yeah,
2: I, I think Jim Carrey, like if I Jim Carrey know, was man. offered this role, I guarantee he would have jumped at the bit to do it. If this was like 99 era Jim Carrey, yeah. but this is before he had actually reached that point in his career. But people I don't think it would have been great people wouldn't take it seriously. Like it I, that was, work. That's the Jim Carrey drama. That's the problem with every Jim Carrey drama movie yeah. is that people just didn't take it seriously.
1: Uh, who played Kramer again? Who's, Michael Richards. I think Michael Richards would make the movie too unlikable.
0: even more so
1: (laughs) just be like just like i really hate this character
0: i i need to turn off this movie i can't (laughs) uh yeah this is this is a it's a pretty singular cage i I don't think we could really slot somebody in there who would who would do it just as well i think
2: by that token it has to be good cage it's got to be okay
0: yeah. Okay. Just give give me a good cage. We're about to reach some bad
2: cages. You can have your chance to shit on Nicholas Cage. We'll see how we'll see yeah, how this not Reached
1: out. any bad cage yet? Not, this-
0: yet. not yet. Not, not yet. No. No. Once we get into the two thousands, then we're gonna hit some I, bad cages. I just meant I just meant it was bad in the sense of like the 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 cage that we get in this movie is not the cage that like the that culture has grown to love. It's you know, in cage. if you go if you go into this movie wanting that you're going to come out disappointed. That's you true. Can, you've got to you have, have your expectations recalibrated. If you're programming a triple feature of National Treasure Two Book of Secrets, G-Force, you don't want to close it with leaving Las Vegas. You don't. You don't. Yeah. But we do got to close this podcast. So thank you for listening. Thank you, Colin, for coming on. It's been a wild ride please, please tell the people, uh, where they can reach you. And if you want to plug anything,
1: uh, well, no, seriously. Thank, thank you guys for having me on. I, I had a blast. Uh, I'm sorry if I repeated too many words like stuff and, I'm, and I deeply apologize for interrupting <laughs> anyone. Cause I know it happened and uh, hey,
0: we're loosey goosey here. It's, it's all good. <laughs>
1: okay, great. Uh, um, you can follow me on letterbox. Uh, I love using letterbox, uh, totally addicted to that i haven't been writing that many reviews i mostly just use it to log what i watch uh you can follow me on twitter if you really want to i guess and uh you can check out my uh cringy old videos featuring some uh, with hunter if you want to check those out some archived videos from the before times good media media hell yeah media hell on YouTube. I, I actually i channeled
2: a lot of uh nicholas cage's performance in Leaving las vegas and some of those films i not that i would do the film itself but i did them just very drunk very um, go. as you should stumbling around i could not get it up despite the fact that colin repeatedly asked me <laughs> that like i needed to be erect for this take i could not get it up
1: hey that's how you're that's how you're going out hunter Yeah, (laughs) that's that's the end of the line. With a come with a come and a final (laughs) you on top of me. (laughs) (laughs) I need I need a drink after (laughs) I need a vendor. Yeah,
0: we all we all do. Well, thank you for listening. Please be sure to check us out on Twitter at we bought a mic. Email us at we bought a mic at gmail.com with any thoughts you have, any questions. Uh, we're in the thick of this cage series. So hit us up with any cage thoughts that you might have. Um, please donate if you're able to anchor.fm slash. We bought a mic. Thanks to all the donors for donating. You are making this series a success with your beautiful donation. So thank you. Next week. We are talking about Conair. Is it the rock or Conair? Um it's I, one of those. I closed out my IMDB.
2: Uh oh, give me give me two seconds. Um next week we are talking about
0: this guy has made a lot of movies. The rock. The rock, the rock, yeah. The rock is 96, and then Connor is 97. Yeah, yeah. So the the run is here. This is the mm-hmm. epic 90s run of Nick Cage. So look forward to that over the course of the next two weeks thanks again Colin you uh, will hopefully be back soon after this whole cage thing is over for uh, something else you're welcome yeah. anytime Thank,
1: thanks guys once again uh, had a great time and I, and I can't wait to keep listening to Wabam I'm going to get a Wabam tattoo
0: tramps you yeah. should do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. let's Tramp. all get matching tramps get a ben, a ben Affleck phoenix tattoo that just says <laughs> Wabam <laughs> yeah it's a podcast rising out of the ashes thanks for listening bye bye
1: bye